welcome back to another episode of the Major Journey Podcast. Today's guest is back for a second time, and she is the founder and CEO of Higher High, a consulting firm focused on the needs of the cannabis industry. Previously, she was the community outreach specialist for one of the original 12 license holders and a vertically integrated MSO in New Jersey. She has the unique perspective of watching the complete cycle of the plant from seed to sale and understanding its impact on tax revenue, real estate, retail, and how important it is for a surrounding economy and commerce. Without further ado, Diana McElroy, welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, totally. So Diana, we're back for round two. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like I've, I've grown a lot since then. Um, <laughs> I was very... Uh, I want to say it was like a year and a half ago, two mm-hmm. years ago, maybe two years ago that, yeah, the first interview. So a lot has gone on since then. Yeah. Have you no, been? So I've been? I've been good. I've been good. <laughs> good, good. So I'm, I'm super excited to um, just to kind of catch up, play a little bit of catch up and hear a little bit about what you're doing with Higher High um, and just kind of what's been new. Because a lot, of, as you and I both know, a lot can happen in a matter of weeks and months in the industry yes. and in our space. And so I would imagine that a lot has changed and you've kind of, you know, evolved into new roles and, and are involved in a lot of cool, cool new things in Jersey. So yeah, if you want to maybe just take us back to kind of how you got to where you are today for some, for some people who maybe don't know your backstory um, of how you got into the cannabis industry, that would be awesome. And then we can just keep rolling from there. Great. Thank you for the opportunity. So um, you know, I decided in late 2018, early 2019, that I wanted to get into a new industry, um, had taken time off my career to be a stay-at-home mom, which set me back a little bit, and cannabis started coming around full circle with all my friends. Um, I like to say that, like, my smart friends were smoking weed again, and uh-huh. that kind of <laughs> intrigued me that, like, oh, okay, this is, this is a thing we're doing now. Um, and I started investigating, you know, I started asking them, why are you, a lot of them actually were doing it for medical reasons, some because they enjoyed the adult portion of it and mm-hmm. preferred it to alcohol. Um, so I started investigating and lo and behold, someone sent me an article that a cultivation st- uh, site was opening up in my town. So I went to the first municipal meeting. I listened to what the executives had to say. Um, they had one woman in particular that came down and she was such a badass and she knew the industry inside and out. And I remember in my head at the time, and she was much younger than me thinking, I want to be you. Like, mm-hmm. I want to understand this as well as you do. Uh, so I followed them, asked them if they were going to be hiring. They hired me as a consultant for the first year. And then I was one of the first 10 employees at the cultivation site. Um, it was all hands on deck. We, you know, we went full scale. It was a hundred and forty um, thousand square foot full capacity. Like we had a greenhouse and an indoor or grow. Um, so just watching the plant, I literally had the opportunity and the advantage of doing every single job at the at the site because we were understaffed and you know there was there was push through. I loved the feeling of a startup. Um, And then we opened two dispensaries. I was the forward facing person within the company. Um, So, you know, the grand openings, making sure that the municipalities were happy, making sure that, you know, giving tours. We had a lot of tours given back then because the League of Municipalities found me 
and would send their council people and like, could you educate them? Could you, you know, show them around because they've never been in a dispensary. They've never been in a cultivation site. They don't really understand the concept. Um, and then last summer, I started my own firm. So I'm a little over a year now. Um, I started Higher High, which my stoner friends think has to do with um, consumption, but it's actually a financial term. It means a higher return on your investment. Mm -hmm. So since then, I have organized an event at Fairleigh Dickinson University, my alma mater. I had the vice chair of the CRC, Sam Delgado, speaking as my keynote speaker, just talking about the ancillary opportunities within the cannabis space. Um, a lot of people don't realize they hear, you know, they hear cannabis, marijuana, and they think they have to be plant touching. Um, I am not plant touching. I educate, I destigmatize, um, you know, involved on a couple of boards where we talk to and try to set regulations that are going to make this a safe product for the consumer, the end consumer. Um, you know, we really care about the testing that's going to happen and needs to happen. Uh, so that's what I've been doing. <laughs> I've, I've kind of gone full circle from the seed to now like my own, you know, entrepreneur path. I love that. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great story. And I, one of the cool things too, so you're, you're in a new market where there's still a lot of evolution. There's still a lot of growth happening. So what, what was it like maybe about a year and a half ago in Jersey compared to what it's like today? Like how have the dynamics changed and how have those conversations sort of evolved from where they were back then? So I will tell you like a couple of anecdotes. So one, I had a laugh. Um, we went and had a table at the first conference that I ever went to. Um, and I was, I, I kept telling my friends, like, I'm going to a pot conference. I'm going to a pot conference. That's it turned so out to be, well, cause you know, I didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. It turned to be, we were an MSL, big table out there, all legislators and lawyers. Fast forward, that same organization had a cannabis networking event and some of the housewives were there. So I like, I laugh. So that's changed, you know, where there's still a lot of policy that is being done, but mm -hmm. it's a lot more people who are like, how do I get in? How do I, you know, participate? Um, also within my own personal life, like I've slowly, I became a patient once I became community outreach because I realized I was educating on the plant. And one day, true story, three o'clock in the morning, I'm like, why am I not trying this for insomnia? Why am I not a patient? So I went and got my card and, you know, I still do a lot of advocacy, but I started outing myself mm -hmm. and had a lot of like, oh. Oh, reactions about like, oh, she smokes pot. And, and I started turning up the dial of like, yes, I do. These are the benefits. This is, you know, what I found. Um, you asked me how I lost weight because a lot of people have asked me how I've lost, I lost like 15 pounds. I'm like, well, honestly, it's cannabis. Like it helps with inflammation. So I could hike an hour longer, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I talk about my own journey, but this year in my own neighborhood, we have a party every year that's adults only. And there was cannabis consumption, which we're, wow. we're not that. Yeah. And I had to laugh. I purposely stayed out of the circle, but I did run around to all the people that had like, you know, 
had little snippy comments going, do you smell my people? My people are here. Yeah. Do you smell my people? Because I wanted them to know, like, I'm not even part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's happening. Like it's, it's legal. People are going to be consuming it. So, you know, I've seen that evolution where like before you, you wouldn't really get a whiff and now you walk around the neighborhood and there's, you know, people are partaking. So it's definitely changed. Yeah. And I, a lot of that has to do with the community outreach that folks like yourself are doing in the education and just yeah. kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, just hammering it, hammering it into people and, fighting that negative stigma that's for so long been associated with even responsible adult use. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred. And you know, the misconception, I think that the reason I like to talk about it is, you know, my, I, I brought, I brought weed in the front door of my college, you know, like the front door, not the back door. I like, you know, a hundred people at a conference, all business owners talking about like, Hey, let's talk about this industry. Mm-hmm. Like it's no longer this, this, um, this negative connotation and there shouldn't be, you know, and then the first time I posted something about, you know, we're opening a dispensary and the, you know, I would do a lot of webinars with doctors and I, oh, guess what I learned today. I learned that, you know, it helps with this or it helps with that. The first person that reached out to me, sorry about that, um, was someone that I was completely surprised. And they said, Diana, I've been suffering for so long with arthritis. Do you think this would help me? You know, and I was like, wow, first off, I never, here I am putting you in a box, right? And I shouldn't. Um, And so I, I have found that the more I talk about it, the more people openly say, what benefits do you think I would get? And I always start with, I'm not a doctor. It is a dosing journey, but why not give a plant-based medicine the option versus prescriptions? Totally. Yeah. And and have you found that people are just a lot more receptive, especially if they've been on on the fence about trying it or giving it a shot? Like more people are now kind of starting to warm up to it a little bit more and be like, okay, maybe this could be a better alternative than what the doctors are pushing. 110%. And I think a lot of it is, you know, I think sometimes where the messaging is coming from, like I'm a yoga instructor, I'm into Mm -hmm. health and, and, you know, um, I've always been a healthy lifestyle, health and wellness. And now for someone like me, who's a mom, who's like a member of society, like, you know, like talking about, like, I'm not a stoner. And here are the benefits. I think that helps. I think, you know, drawing other people into the conversation um, and giving them a voice and saying, hey, did you know she's using it too? And this is what she's found, I think is definitely needed. I think, you know, it's it's definitely for, for the past couple of years that I've been in the industry, I got in in 2019. I've seen a huge dial change in New Jersey, like a huge dial change, you know, there's still some, and I think it's still needed in certain areas where people are on the down low, but mm-hmm. it's coming out. And, and it's funny. It's like, why can my, you know, there's alcohol everywhere and people don't hide it. Right. And yet, you know, like, why can't we have a little consumption corner where people are chill and just relaxing and talking. So yeah. yeah. With no hangover the next day. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
you know, like the hospitality behind it, you know, like I want to see that emerge. I want to see like consumption lounges, not only because of the hospitality portion, but people living in federal housing are afraid of being thrown out. And I've actually had a friend of mine who they stole his urine to test him for cannabis and threw him out of uh, federal housing. Like there's so many things that people don't understand that like the stigma is real and the stigma is affecting patients. It's affecting, you know, why can't people and elderly in a retirement home utilize it? You know, like think about it, the, the health benefits for their arthritis, their, you know, their, yeah, yeah. It's, those are the things that I'm trying to push the envelope and push the envelope with like, well, why do you come from a place of no? Like, what, what are you afraid of if you open that door, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. That's a great place to start that conversation. Like, and that's a great question too, because yeah. it kind of is, is just able to like disarm all of these things that have been built up and pent up over, over so many years. Um, and so, and listen, I, so, yeah, it didn't, it didn't happen naturally for me either. I, I'm going to really out myself. Mm -hmm. I, not like weed. Like I, I consumed too much in college and I had a crazy summer and I didn't like the effects and I had to learn consumption methods and be like, Oh, take a hit. Don't smoke a blunt. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it, to be social. Right. Totally. Cause I didn't like the fact that it would just make me a zombie. So like I had to, when I, when I got my job, I came into the industry because it was an interesting industry and I became an advocate through the stories I heard and through my own evolution. And I think mm -hmm. that's what sometimes takes people's own evolution. You've either always been in the culture and stayed or you're coming back into as an adult and you need to figure out, you know, what what it benefits it has for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100 percent. And I've, I've even heard the phrase associated um, where cannabis is almost like an unlocking tool. And you just have to figure out what that right dose is and what you are trying to unlock when you use it. And to your point, sometimes it's like, okay, you don't necessarily need to take 15 shots of tequila right now. You just want one shot of tequila. Well, you know, you and I were talking prior to recording about, you know, consumption forms. I laugh and it's not funny because it's actually kind of scary. I living in the suburbs, I've heard a lot of feedback from people who are running out and getting edibles or they have things sent from friends in Colorado and California and oh my god it jacked my life well yeah to your point you went straight to tequila and a whole bottle of it versus having a beer like mm -hmm. you didn't test your and now you have a negative reaction to something that could potentially help you um, you know, I hosted a social uh, experiment where I had a couple of ladies who all had had an experience with edibles and negative experiences. First, they didn't plan ahead where they were going to consume, how they were going to consume. Felt like, oh, now I'm trapped in this experience. Mm -hmm. And instead, we did a hit of flour. And they were like, oh, I like this. I'm like, exactly. Because you could dial it in. Because mm -hmm. you could realize that like within 15 minutes, you feel the effects and you kind of feel them dissipate. You know, you get the, you don't start out with high THC either. You know, like if you have anxiety, maybe you should, you know, these are the conversations 
that people don't have because they don't realize that it is a dial that you can mm-hmm. learn to work with your own endocannabinoid system, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's such an important piece of just this entire puzzle. Um, and one of the things I wanted to, to talk about too, was what you specifically do with businesses with higher high and how you kind of help them dial things in to tune things in to help them move the needle forward and advance the ball with yeah. where they want to go. So can you talk to us a little bit about kind of, you know, what you're doing there? Sure. So one of the things that I help businesses with is how do you walk into a town that's completely opposed and have the conversation of, okay, you know, I said it before, what are you afraid of? Do you understand Mm -hmm. the industry? Have you ever visited a dispensary? You know, let's start there. Like, have you ever actually been, you know, I'm afraid of a skate park. Well, unless I've been to a skate park, what am I afraid of? Like, (laughs) like it's silly, um, but it's not because a lot of we've all, especially most municipalities are run by a slightly older generation, I'm going to say. And they really got hit by the war on drugs. I really got hit by the war on drugs, you know. Um, And so just just having that conversation of like, okay, well, let's plan a dispensary visit. Let's plan, you know, a visit to a cultivation site. Um, Let's talk about what it is that you're afraid of and walking the municipality through. And then for the business owners, how are you going to come into this neighborhood and make yourself a good steward of the products Mm -hmm. and of the community? Because community engagement is really rolling your sleeves up and saying, we're here. We want to add value, and this is how we're going to add value. And comma, we're adding value in a medicinal way too, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like opening up those doors. And I think sometimes having that voice of like reason come in really changes the the conversation. Yeah, totally. And so, like, like I guess what I'm curious about is kind of what does that what does that initially look like? Are, are people open to kind of pushing forward with education or do they typically think when they're first trying to kind of come into a new market, do they like, do they think that there's some other way to kind of do it? Like, do they think maybe, Oh, okay. I just kind of have to pay off this person or whatever, just because of the nature of the industry. And we're kind of transitioning from legacy to now it's legal and I, I think I, that may be a people, silly question, but that's something. No, that's no, no. I think some people go that route. I think some people go that route. I think the people that already, you know, have an advantage and maybe potentially have a relationship with the town already, um, mm-hmm. you know, come in and say, okay, I want to, whether it's a legacy market person who comes in and says, I want to now be um, a recognized member of this community. I've, I've always been on the down low, but now like I want to come in as a business owner and, you know, let's be honest, like some people trust their legacy uh, people more than anyone else. Why? Because they've been consistent. They, they haven't, you know, (laughs) no one's gotten hurt. So they, they come in with a level of trust. So sometimes you have that. And now it's like getting the legacy people to go, okay, you want to open up your market to more people and, you know, not just the ones you always serviced. That has to, you have to put a different face forward. You do have mm-hmm. to educate them because these are not educated consumers. You know, your legacy consumers are educated consumers. 
your new consumers are not. Um, let's also, let's educate them. Let's educate the municipality. Let's find ways for you to really engage and, um, you know, sponsor uh, a uh, football league, sponsor, you know, like become a, take the industry and really make it what all the other industries are. And that's just legitimacy. That's just legitimacy finding the legitimacy within it and saying, you know, the towns need to work with us. The towns, if you could have a liquor store, you could have a uh, dispensary, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure there's a spot in your town. You could find it. You need to make sure that it works for you and understand what it brings with it. And it's not a bad element. It's a healthy element. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, I don't know. I think I think so many people look at cannabis and they have those old ideas and they just need to be transformed. And the more articles you put out there, the more problem our industry needs is research. That's yeah. the big like if you could walk in with concrete research, we all know it. Like anyone who's been a consumer knows it and speaks from experience. But if we have those like college professors and the pharmacists and, you know, come in, then we could come in and educate even stronger. And that's one of the things I advocate for too, is like, we need more research. We need more avenues to educate the consumers. Um, so they benefit from the product. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, the way I see it is that it's those same people that always told us, no, no, no. If we can get those people to just flip and say yes. it's okay, responsibly, of course, but yep. it's okay, that would just totally come in and help push that negative narrative out of the way. And 110%. a lot of and a lot of the activities too. Like you, I was going to follow up with a question and just ask, you know, what are the some, some of the the tactics or the modalities that maybe you know you may recommend that a dispensary. Um, takes in order to engage with the community in order to let them know, Hey, this isn't just a pot shop. That's trying to get the whole community baked. We're really trying to make a positive impact and everything that we've been talking about, about how, you know, this can help reduce inflammation or this has a positive impact on X, Y, Z there. Like, how can we actually show that in a, in a number of different ways? And you mentioned sponsoring a local football league yeah. or even hosting a yoga class or something like that. Yes. It, it's literally going in and as corny as it sounds, but going from store to store, this is one of the things I did in the towns that we, you know, we hosted a job fair. I went to every single business on, it was a huge street and introduced myself and said, we're coming in and we'd like to hire from within, you know, every single business um, going and building a relationship with the library. Why? The library is the information center for most towns, you know, um, that's one of the things that my company does is we get hired by libraries to come in and educate the public because, yeah, they realize that it's the, this market's here and people, especially of a certain age, want to try it, but are afraid and don't even know how, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the things that, that I do is I go to a library and we sit down and talk about, like, what have your experiences been? What do you expect? Um you know, it, it's, it's silly, but it's not that people remember their college days. That's also another thing is cannabis is very different from what it was back in the day, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, before you run to a dispensary, know that like 
really look at those THC levels, really, you know, understand how it's going to hit you. Understand that like, if, if your neighbor tells you that, oh my God, that let me sleep for hours. It was the most fabulous thing. Your body might be completely different and you might be up for hours, which is what happened to me. Like my body tends to rev higher from cannabis. I don't care if it's the highest indica level. I just, it peps me up. Under, have it, have a conversation about it, like a real product, not this like shady, you know, mm -hmm. back alley thing. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, that's one of the things that's, you know, that's needed. FaceTime, just FaceTime, go in and say, okay, I'm opening up that shop down there. What do you guys need? How can we work together? You know, um, can we have a Tuesday night special where if you buy a taco, you get 10% off all of a sudden you're building business for someone else in the, in the town, you know, mm -hmm. um, they're referring you like those people. They're great. You should go to their dispensary. They're lovely. You know, they taught my mother with cataracts. Like it, it just, it's that kind of evolution of just conversation. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of people, especially with all the content and the headlines out there, because it's so difficult to get people's attention nowadays mm -hmm that when you're scrolling through social media, you're looking for those headlines or for the, the eye catchers. And you'll see headlines that say things like five hacks or five quick proven ways. And a lot of times there's a lot of this like sexy glam and people say, oh, this hack or this whatever. Yeah. But from a lot of the conversations that I've had with folks and yourself included like today, a lot of this is really just going back to the basic fundamentals of human connection and communication. And it, doesn't sound it's not rocket science but sometimes no. the most simplistic things are so difficult to see because they're right in front of us but they're masked by all these other smoke and mirror type of tactics if you will plus not everyone like it's so funny my superpower i'm directionally challenged okay so i'll i'll, I'll tell my negative first but one of my superpowers is i can talk to anyone and like, you know, changing schools every two years, I think just enabled me to do that. For sure. And walking in and saying, so dispensary opening, how do you feel about that? What are your thoughts? Um, oh, really? That's what, yeah. Well, you know, have you, and once you start like scratching at the surface, nine out of 10 people actually have a positive story about cannabis and you have mm -hmm. to remind them of it, you know, or like, just opening up that conversation, they'll next to their, you know, coworker, they'll be like, yeah, you know, actually my aunt used it during chemo. Oh, well, it's not my voice saying it. It's their coworkers voice saying it, you know, mm -hmm. like where's that messaging coming from? So finding people that will speak openly on it is important um, and engaging them and inviting them to the conversation, even if they themselves have never used it, but if they had a child with cancer that, you know, I have stories like that, um, ex-police officers who are using it for PTSD. Um, those are things that I like, I try to bring to light because I think it's very important to take away, and listen, I love my stoner friends, um, but take away that stigma of that it's gonna make you lazy and, and mm -hmm. give you the munchies and, you know, yeah. And the, the stoner friends I tease about are some of the most intellectual, like, deep thought people, you know, but again, they have a bad stigma right. to them. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it, 
that human connection, that human connection and just walking in and saying, let's, let's talk about a product. Let's talk about an industry. Let's talk about, you know, I always spin it too, too. It shouldn't be clumped together and it never should have been done this way, but hemp and cannabis are kind of, were married together. Okay. Take cannabis out of it. Let's talk about hemp. Let's talk about the benefits it could have on our environment, on, you know, the planet itself. What are the materials that can come out of hemp? And you start educating on that. And all of a sudden it's like you're opening the the door, Pandora's box almost to other things. Totally. And even like the nutritious, the nutrition value oh. out of it, like hemp seeds. And it's yes. so silly because some, sometimes, you know, you're walking through Costco or some, some store and you see a bag of hemp seeds and there may be... Um, a leaf on the packaging. And sometimes I'll see people's heads turn. They'll go, Oh my God. And I think to yeah. myself, it's so funny how that dynamic still exists. But meanwhile, it's not, you're not going to feel anything from it. It's the equivalent no. of like a pumpkin seed or some chia seeds or something like that. You know, so you asked me how I saw it change, right? The evolution. It's funny because I actually posted it all over LinkedIn. My daughters and I during COVID went to, um, one of the makeup stores, one of the big makeup stores. And we're walking around and my my kids who have slowly been desensitized, by the way, I made my, my little one cry when I told her I was gonna work in the industry because she was so stigmatized. She didn't know wow. what it meant. And she was nine at the time and was like, cause we sat her down and, and we're like, we're, you're gonna hear terms around the house that you've never heard. Cause my husband and I realized we were having these open adult conversations you know, about weed and, and pot and marijuana and cannabis. And then we're like, oh God, what do the kids think? So we mm -hmm. sat them down. She started crying. Fast forward like a year and a half later, we're walking through the, the store and every other product has some kind of cannabis hemp line, CBD, you know, and there's yep. leaves on everything. And I took pictures of all these and I said, right there is the destigmatization happening in a fast way. Because if we could look at a plant and not be recoiled, that's a really big move. Like yeah. if we could look at the, you know, the leaf of a pot plant and be like, oh, okay. And not have that like initial to your point of like, oh, that's a really big move forward and it's starting to happen in Jersey and it's, it's definitely happening, you know, but it was, even for me, it was a shock, like walking around going, wow, it's everywhere. Now we went from nothing to like, yeah. Yeah. I've seen that happen as well. And it's so funny where, and it, there are just days where it happens. Like you'll walk into a store, like you said, and all of a sudden it just kind of smacks you in the face and working in the industry you're, you're used to it. So yep. if you see like a Delta eight product or a CBD or hemp or whatever it yeah. may be, you're kind of like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I know about that. But then when you go in and you see all these traditional markets or traditional products, like, like, um, cosmetics and makeup, like you alluded to, you're just thinking to yourself, okay, wait a second. Everything that we've kind of been talking about in our space it's actually happening. And, and it, we knew it incredible. was going to happen, but yep. to actually see it come together and manifest, it's like, whoa, this well, is really, really cool. So it, it felt like that day felt like someone had literally turned a light switch on because mm -hmm. when I tell you, um, it was Sephora, it was every other, because they have these big, you know, screens and photos and the products are beautiful and whatnot. 
And to see like every other line had something with a pot leaf on it yeah. was like, wow. And, and also seeing it because again, my kids have been through the journey with me, you know, mm-hmm. like they went from a house that never talked about weed to like all of a sudden mom is not doing one conference call after another where I'm educating someone on the product or I'm, you know, organizing where doctors are talking to cancer patients. And so it's like, it became part of their life too. And then I started leaving like little tchotchkes around in the form of a pot leaf. And then I'd come home from conferences. I go to a lot of conferences and stickers and whatnot. So they became desensitized along with me. But when they walked in that store, they were taken aback. And I was too like, oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know? no, that, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so Diana, for, for listeners who might want to connect with you or just start up a conversation, what's the best way for them to, to reach out to you? Um, I always say LinkedIn. I always say LinkedIn is like my favorite, like, way to connect with people um it gives me maybe i I, i'm like now that's social media baby but it gives me a face and Mm -hmm. like i get to read what's important to you and you know what what you follow and it's just like it's a nice it's a nice platform so i always prompt linkedin and and i spell my name with the for marketing with the double a's capitalized um just just to differentiate myself so that's the best way. Awesome. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. It's always a lot of fun whenever we, we get a chance to connect and talk. So thank you again for everything. And I really appreciate your time and, and for being with us today. Thank you. I so appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you. All right. So that'll do it for this week's episode of the Major Journey Podcast. We will catch you all next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why is an endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast and, of course, on PodConnects.